Welcome to today's episode from the From Busy to Rich podcast. This podcast exists to inspire advisors like you to increase your profitability and quality of life, but not just for yourself, also for those that you serve. Wes recently appeared on another podcast called Pursuing Alpha, which was created by his friend and fellow advisor, Brandon Snyder. And you're going to hear that episode shortly. In the episode, Brandon and Wes get into some specifics on how to run a successful financial planning practice, including how to manage a team well, using a one-page strategy summary to simplify the planning relationship, and how to help clients achieve more than just financial goals. So here's Wes's conversation with Brandon. You're listening to the Pursuing Alpha podcast, hosted by Charles Brandon Snyder. Charles Brandon Snyder offers securities through LPL Financial, member FINRA and SIPC. Pursuing Alpha is a separate entity from LPL Financial. Pursuing Alpha and the logo are registered trademarks. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. Any guests and their companies are not affiliated with or endorsed by LPL Financial, Alpha Capital Strategies, Alpha Capital, or the Pursuing Alpha Podcast. Wes, man, I'm glad to have you on. Brandon, great to be here, man. Love, love being in your fancy studio that you have. We're trying. We're trying, man. And, and this thing will not shut up, so I'm going to have to like figure out another way to do it. But one of our CFAs <laughs> I thought that was just every time you have a good idea, you have a chime that goes off <laughs> in the background. You know. They would never chime, Wes. There it is. So, uh, you know, this was impromptu because you just flew in just unexpectedly yeah. over the last 24 hours. So yeah. I'm excited to have you here. So take 10 seconds. Uh, you know, we've known each other for a better part of 10 years now, I yeah. think it is. Yeah. So introduce yourself. And so hold on. I, I got I to premise this. So Wes is like one of the top advisors in the country. And don't do the humble thing. But I mean, he was my mentor. I've been trying to get him on for a long time, but this was just kind of off the cuff deal. So, but introduce, like you have a firm in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. No, we've been, we've been in the business for now about 20 years going on 21. And, uh, it's, it's great. We're, we're in Austin. I'm in Austin. I should say we have a completely remote, uh, organization and, and have way before COVID. So 10 years ago we were operating remotely. We have clients and and team members all across the country um so from one coast almost to the other coast i think we're hiring somebody soon in california so. that's um, good luck on that one <laughs> <laughs> well they moved from texas so it's, you know, yeah so you know they're yeah. they're good they're acceptable yeah, right that's so right we have a little reverb like somebody's deciding to mow the one time we do our podcast through the day this one we do it at night after a couple of whiskeys <laughs> so see in my podcast i make the sound quality rough enough to where you don't even hear the guy mowing <laughs> Outside. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So tell me a little bit about your practice. Like, what do you do? Yeah, so we, we are, uh, not, not to use an overused word, but we're uh, integrated, because we're trying to replace the word holistic. We're integrated uh, financial planning company. We work primarily with people that own businesses. That's the majority of the folks that, that we spend time with. Some highly compensated corporate executives. And we always tell them when we meet our clients, you know, most of them have already done quite a bit of good planning already. Most of them have good advisors that are part of their team. The, the, the other side of things, that minority, they, they've been really successful. They just haven't done a lot in those right. areas. So, so there is that spectrum. But the one thing all of them have in common, and this is really one of the fundamentals from what, 
why we created our practice and why we do what we do is all of them have far more things to trying to get accomplished than they have time right. to get to everything. And their effort to get to as much as they can, there's always stuff left undone. And sometimes it's stuff they're aware of. It's been on the list for a while. It just keeps getting kicked down the road. Quite often, Brandon, this is what is most fun for us. It's stuff they're not aware of that if they were, they'd absolutely want to pursue it because it would so increase their profitability and their quality of life. And that's where really where we come in. We, we start at the front end by asking a ton of questions about where they're at from a financial standpoint, about the kinds of things they care about in the future that they're wanting to move towards and create, what a rich life really looks like for them. And then we can have some great dialogue around the areas of planning we specialize in that may be most useful for what they're, they're, they're trying to accomplish. So we, uh, we charge financial planning fees for 100% of our clients on annual retainer. And then as a result of the planning and execution, we end up managing quite a bit of money and put in place you know, insurance and help them get wills and do a lot of tax coordination with their CPA to maximize all the money that's going into their pockets. So when you say holistic, I know you, you've changed that up, but that we use that term – Pretty much. And to preference this, I, I've gone through, I think I was your guinea pig. If not, I was yeah. your second guy. We did try a lot of stuff out on you just to see if it would work <laughs> in the early days. And, and, and you know if it works on me. And, and right? when he would come back and go, man, it worked. Really? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's it's good. So we've been together for, man, better part of 10 years inside of there. But I would say just in what you distilled down into the way that you do planning is is the bedrock of the way we do planning as well um but your practice goes a little bit different than what mine does like i mean i think your practice is more holistic inside of there and, and you have deeper conversations or deep conversations with your clients yep. and and that that is what i've gleaned from you over the years of, of doing this with you and mine's more of the Analytical. You make fun of me for being yeah. As no, I love it. Is I, what make fun. I, am. I just poke out what it is. What it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that what was it? The first or second meeting we had together, it was like you said, "Hey, Brennan, like we talk about the bat phone, but the problem is, is you don't want to actually <laughs> yeah. use the bat phone." Yeah, you, you you took that on. So for those who aren't familiar with this, the I always said, "Hey, look, you want to have structured meetings with your clients." Uh, we're big uh, Patrick Lencioni fans and and uh you know he wrote death by meeting and how the right kind of meetings can actually cause your your team to almost be like a a, a beautiful band playing in harmonious time together the 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 wrong kind of meetings and calendar can cause it to sound more like noise and i said you know the one thing we do is every day we have this this check-in meeting so that we get all the questions i have the day before i just put them in that little meeting and i and, and that i know i'm going to get that question answered tomorrow morning because there's very few things that when you're well planned can't wait the next morning at that structured time and i said and and we do have this thing if you just need to call because it's so important and it's right now it's called the bat phone like it's an emergency hey and when brandon you learned that term you took it i don't think you heard anything else about the other meetings (laughs) it it was all about oh the bat phone great it's time to use that (laughs) no actually it's a bad thing it's a bad thing we don't want to use the bat phone all the time (laughs) right but i do and and to my defense, I use the bad phone because I like to learn so much. And so it's easier for me to just pick up the phone, learn something from Wes, and walk away from it. Yeah. So, you know, after 10 years, though, I think we've we've grown a little bit. You fixed um, it. Yeah, you fixed it. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've run a pretty good practice up to this point, I think. But the uh, how how would you define the way that you work with clients as far and, – and this is where me and you just had a great lunch – 
and we talked about two or three things, right? First of is we talked about how clients operate and how they move, yep, right? And then we talked about our own practices and yeah. how we can improve upon our own practices pretty deeply. And we, we I, I caught something that I was like, that is something that we need to, I need to do. And then there was the technical side of how a practice operates. And yeah. when I say practice, like in our world, we're a firm. It's a practice that we participate in. But in a lot of people, they see it as just a business. But I think there's common in that, common denominators in all sure. of these things that they people can walk away from. Yeah, yeah. You know the the it really is. I, I think about it a lot in in terms of I, I love the idea of, of comparing it to making beautiful music or 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 are you really creating noise every every week? And so when I back into what we're doing organizationally. Uh, you know, we're very we're very process driven. We're we're very calendar driven with all of our clients. Is is anytime something begins to cause an, a, a tension about like if I'm worried about something falling through the cracks, or if I have a team member that I, I, when we communicate ideas and I'm worried about I better write this down to follow up with them if they're going to do it. There's things that will be alarm bells for me, and one of those things organizationally that you and I were were talking about at lunch was just the ongoing um, rhythm client communication. And so one of the things we've developed, because I, I was feeling too much of the negative tension around, I don't really know that I know exactly where this is at. And I don't know that I understand exactly where this family's at or what's falling through the cracks. It wasn't that things weren't working. It was just I wasn't clear on it. And so what we instituted is a couple things. One, we operate off of a, a two-meeting-a-year two calendar. Mm-hmm. So mid-years and year-ends. Um, mid-years is going to be that deeper check-in where we've updated all numbers. We look at where were you last year relative to where you're at now. What are all the things that we've been working on and accomplished, and what are the things that are outstanding that we need to focus in on? And then, in general, it's like, hey, what, what's changed in your life from, like, the way you see the world? What's a rich life look like for you now as you talk about going through a year in the life of you? Not just when you're retired. And right. I think that's a big part of our industry, and we could certainly go down that rabbit hole if we wanted to is they often focus so much about when you get to this place all these years from now, and that's a part of our job. We want right. to make work optional for people, and we want to keep it that way once it already is. But they should also enjoy the process of getting there. And I think oftentimes, organizationally and financially, what ends up happening is our industry is so focused on getting to the, the, the end. Well, there's a whole lot of life before that milestone, sure. and there'll be a whole lot of life after it. So really getting into the side of the client, it's like, what's great look like, though? Let's let's actually back into that. So that meeting is is more focused around things like that, and then year end is like we're we're entering into them now because everybody's filing or has filed their tax return, and we can really turn to the all right before the sun goes down on December thirty first. In light of the year you've had this particular year, what are the things we should be talking about? And and are there tax ideas that we need to coordinate with your CPA? Are there things because the issue is, and you, you've all seen you've seen this uh, being in the business as long as you have, how tragic sometimes you're having a meeting with a new client and you see the things they could have done if it was last month that would have saved them hundred thousand dollars or more, and you know even it's ten thousand dollars. I'd rather them have it right than than, than the IRS. So sure, it, it gets to the point where it's it where, where what we want to do is make sure we never miss that that opportunity so we have the year end mid-year and year end now the thing we were talking about at lunch and this is really so subtle and so small but a big deal is the 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 strategy summary it's a one pager and what that does is it just distills down what's in progress what's upcoming and what's on hold 
Because for every client, there are always those things. And again, I'm not going to get exhausted with it, so it's going to be more of a flashcard. But it, you know, what, when's our next meeting? Um, are you in underwriting? Are we moving money over? Are we tax loss harvesting? Are we? What is it? Who's responsible? And and because a big part, we have in all of our meetings a lead advisor and a project manager. Most of our project managers are also lead advisors, and so they view the world that way. Now, when they're so they, they're responsible for kind of being the GC of the house. Like the house is getting built, but somebody's got to make sure everybody's showing up on time. If somebody starts not showing up on time, how do we know? Well, we know because we have a one-page strategy summary that once a month, first it gets they all get sent to me if I'm the lead advisor. And I can go, okay, well, actually, let's think about this one bullet different. Or maybe I had a conversation with the client. What it does for me, though, is helps me not ever wake up in the middle of the night and go, where are we at with the Smith family? And what maybe isn't getting done? And is it my fault? Because those are the things that like bother me deeply. So I'm right there with you. That's that's the thing. I, I lose money off of two things. And one is is did you let something in your team and the operations everything? Because it's not like we're infallible, right? Yep. And so right. everybody thinks that just because you're a planner, you're, you're doing everything perfect all the time, right? And and it's ninety seven percent perfect. I would say we <laughs> work really hard yeah. to make sure everything's done. And so it's always that double checking everything yeah. is where clients. I don't think they even check sometimes. And it's like the fact that you double checked on it is true value, right? Right. Yeah. It, it's 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 a rhythmic dance that we can create. That's a good dance. And, and so that's that was a big part of, of why we do it. Now the here's the other side benefits this has is one. Every month, proactively, uh, our, our, one of our project managers is going, is there anything else here that needs to be done? And, and, that, and that's if they aren't following up in between. At least that one time, it's going to show back up and go, probably need to push on this. They know it's going to me as the mm-hmm. lead advisor. And usually, I don't have, we have really good, really good project manager, lead advisor. So usually, I don't, I, I don't have to add a lot to the strategy summary or moving around. But occasionally, I'll, I can – again, at this point, it's, I'm using creative energy, not administrative energy. To be able to take explain a what that is, yeah. So I mean, I, I always use the analogy. Probably the best place in because um, like hold on, I think a lot of business owners do not understand the difference of this. Yeah, I've been in a lot of meetings with business owners, and still in our culture today is still micromanagement. Yeah, and I think what you're distilling right now is the difference between micromanagement and proper management. Yeah, yeah. If you think about this, like the, the one analogy I'll use is on our Monday prep meetings. We have what I would consider – we call it a narratives checklist. Uh, and it's basically a bunch of bullet points that are meaningful to us about what certain strategies are, um, what, what, that, what, that what would apply. But it's almost the equivalent if you watch you – know, we're in the middle of football season. It's kicked off NFL, college. And every single one of those coaches has this giant laminated thing on the sideline with all these things that mean a lot to that coach and that team. Now, maybe not as much to people who – don't know how to read the code, right? <laughs> but, right. But it's 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 like instant triggering of a oh this play that well when when we're preparing for clients like a lot of times you're running the same plays because they're they're just applicable universally. But when we're prepping, it's really nice to pull up that sheet and use my creative energy to look. Like, you almost I would put it this analogy: the it's almost like pulling up a, a whole uh, oh what do they call it a thing of paint. You got all these different, you know. Yeah, the, the little handle that has all the paint yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has, has all the paint already there. So rather than me having a blank plate with no paint on it, I've already pre-outlined and categorized and thought through. These are all the possible colors that we have. 
So when, whenever I'm looking at that client's plan and the planning we're going to do and the dance we're going to do together, I can then look over at that palette and say, I want those paint and this paint and this paint. So I'm using creative energy, whereas administrative energy would be trying to remember all the colors of the paint and then going and finding them or trying to remember – I mean, let's face it. One of my favorite quotes in the world, um, Ben Feldman back in the day – used to say, we come into this business in a state of starry-eyed enthusiasm, mm-hmm. and then we educate ourselves to a place of sophisticated confusion. Uh. And, and how true is that, right? We get really smart. We know hundreds of thousands of combinations of ways to accomplish things and do things. And so how do we keep to the side of mature simplicity? Well, it, it, you, you do that with systems that allow you to lean more into the creative energy where you're, you're simply taking an aggregation of information and picking the three that are relevant – than going, what are all the things that are relevant? Because two things will occur if you're operating that way. One, you're going to miss stuff, especially on that, that third or fourth or fifth client that you're preparing for that day that you know everybody's got more meetings to move on to, everybody's got more things they want to do. To then try and use your, your, your brain power for your recall, recall right? yeah. is yeah. like, why would we do that if we can just create something that's right here that says, oh, no, here's all the things, and then update that, add to that, create on that. But, but use it as a deal. So it's just these little things that help the, the dance be more attractive, the music sound better, if, if you will, when we're talking through these kind of ideas and administrative running. And we've adopted a lot of this. And I would say I've been fortunate in my career. And I think there, there's a destiny and in, in the good Lord takes and moves you in a direction that he can utilize you just as much as you, you see value and you be able to move your own family in your own ways. Yeah. Right. And the, the the thing that I always say to people is I've been fortunate. I've, I've worked with four or five planners across the country, um, and I've taken little things away from each one of these guys. And we, you're a huge piece of that. I would say 50 percent of the because you, you've done the Transform series, which is amazing. If you're an advisor, look at the Transform series. You have to be an advisor to be in the Transformers series. But it, it's one of those things how you, you grow your practice organically and you grow your practice with purpose, I think, is really where it is and, and how you communicate to consumers and, and clients. But the, the point I'm trying to make here is – if you end up moving in a form that is not thought out, then that confusion sets in. And my tendency is, is because I, I'm fortunate to hire and be around and cultivate very technical analysis into everything we can do. And we're yeah. in the industry where that can be dangerous. Sure. Right, because it's easy for somebody to, and I always say the smartest advisors, the best advisors in the industry, can distill it down to the simplest terms. So, and 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 that, you you hit it on the head when you're like, hey, it becomes complicated confusion, yeah, over very simplistic, yeah, planning. Right, so everybody doesn't need to know how the cake's made. Yeah. They just need to know the cake tastes pretty good. Yeah, that's right. right. And so it's it's one of those things where I always struggle, and this is a good struggle for me, because the the struggle's twofold. One is the fold is for me is how do I take my analytical comprehension of I love the way the markets move and I love because it it it, it puts me into the space yeah. of I know where the canvas is and I know where the pain is. And it allows me to get very, very granular on complex products. I struggle at times on thinking consumers can take that information in. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's totally – And this is where I think you're a mastermind on being yeah. able to communicate the language side 
to a complex issue and distill it down into very yeah. – and you're good at finding other mentors and you've become a great mentor to me, to finding other mentors for yourself to actually say, hey, this is great. I'm going to adopt this. And I still use your term to the day, normalizing the new, take something new, yep. make it normal, and create it inside of there. So it's a, it's a rhythm. It's a dance. It's constant engagement of that. Yeah, the, the – uh our win organizationally is to inspire clients to increase their profitability and quality of life. And there's, there's a number of ways that we get to do that within our, our deal. One, one way though, that we've really tried to tried to just work super hard to keep this is to try and stay in that side of mature simplicity. And, and because it's kind of like you can have a buffet of all kinds of wonderful food we understand something though with every client and, and with ourselves is one, they can eat, only eat so much and, mm-hmm. and some of them are lactose intolerant, mm-hmm. right? So there are certain things that he's never going to feed them because otherwise, I mean, it's not helpful. It's a, it may be true and it may be useful for me, but the, 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 the really gold mine in our business, I think is to then determine, but what do I actually serve to these folks that they can actually use that's going to help them increase their profitability, their quality of life, make better decisions, live with fewer regrets? Those are the, those are the things. And it is a bit of translation. And, and, it, and, and you know, because, I mean, that's the, the funniest thing. I always used to, to joke, but, like, the worst meetings in the world when you're new in the business before you have a process or an approach, really, and you ever get that guy that sits across from me and it's like, what do you got for me today? Give me your best three ideas. You know, stuff that – and I would say, listen, there's – there's hundreds of strategies, hundreds of thousands of combinations of them. Which one is most relevant is completely dependent on where you uniquely are and the future that you're trying to create. Because you can be the same person with the same set of uh, – same, same balance sheet as somebody else. But where you want to go, the, the, the future you want to dance with is very different than what this person does. And so we need to know that because then I can distill the world of you know, hundreds of thousands down to six. Sure. That are going to be the most relevant. And then we continually realign. I love, I love Carl Richards' definition of meaningful financial planning. He calls it real financial planning. I, I, I like the word meaningful with it. Is meaningful financial planning is all about the alignment of the use of capital or the use of wealth with what you really care about. And, and what he does is there's an asterisk. Is, is like meaningful financial planning is about the alignment of the use of wealth and then maybe parentheses – Time, talent, energy, money, relationships, um, assets with what you really care about. Like the dance of all those things. And that's where we are very good in our industry at distilling down the assets a person has from a balance sheet standpoint. Where I think the best advisors in the world and the ones that I get most excited about listening to and spending time with are those that have that other element to be able to – yeah, I mean it's table stakes. you got to be good at everything, at all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. But – but that can then introduce that human component that says, hey, but what what is like a rich life look like for you this year? Like if you finished this year and you said, it's awesome, what had to happen? Like what, what's a day in the life of you look like if things are really working? And I, I think it's a great question for anybody. I don't care what business you're in. I don't think we ask it enough because I think what ends up happening is most of us do life by default rather than by design because – it, society, culture, uh, well-meaning people have given us all a default way of being, a, a way, inherit a future that we want. But do we really want that one? And I think that's a, that's a good time to just sit back and go, hey, what do I really like? And what do I think? And when it's okay to be wrong, you know, just because, I mean, gosh, I'm thankful that 
you know, the 17 year old version of me didn't get everything the 17 year old version was hoping for, right. you know? Right. But, but I do think at least deciding in advance to say my best guess and, and what I think a beautiful future looks like in all these areas I care about. We always, we always use five. It's five areas. You can subdivide these, but right. you got the, 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 uh, spiritually, mentally, sp- yeah, spiritual, professional, financial, um, physical, relational. Yep. All those kind of big areas that you just – if you're telling the story of your life and they're touching those areas. See, Wes, I learned from – That's right. <laughs> that's right, man. You took something away. I took something yeah. away. Yeah. There you go. That, after that, a decade, I got that one right. down. That's right. That's right. Yeah, but it, but it becomes a – because we're, we're so busy doing and being, we're, we often don't take time to think about what we're – becoming you right. know and and that, you 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 hit the nail on the head on that i would say 90 percent or 95 percent of advisors don't understand that aspect of it and if you lead with that it makes your job a whole lot easier yeah because you're not guessing at, hey i gotta dance and yeah i gotta make sure i perform here yeah but you're actually just coming back and saying in any business though yeah. Right. If if it's not a transactional business, I think there's a different conversation around transactional business. Yep. Like, hey, I'm buying a widget from you. And I think how our society is built upon is buying widgets. I mean, we're in a capitalist society. Sure. And there, there's nothing wrong with that. You've, and Dr. Starr was on here a long time ago. And he goes, Brandon, you understand that like capitalism at the core is literally saying that, hey – I'm going to produce something for a value. I'm going to give it to you because it increases your value in yeah. life, right? Yeah, and makes so, all the boats rise. Yeah, exactly. That that's exactly what it is. And so I think the the way that we actually change that narrative into saying not only do I help the boats ride and and perform this transaction with you, but I think the way that you've helped me understand and grow my practice is being able to say, "What do you want? Yeah, what's important to you? That's right." That's right, because there are so many ways to make money. Everybody needs to make money, right? You know that's that's the fuel, right? You got to have it to sleep indoors and eat every day, and hopefully your goals are beyond that. But if you if it's if that's the goal, it just life's not going to be very fun, uh-huh. and and so it needs to be something different than that. That where you really talk about what's a great life look like, and then we can always back into how we're adding value to the economy to generate money, and there's a lot of ways to do that. Yeah, where we we see this is why when you hoodwink guys into coming into your office, you know, because they're here on another deal, and you're like, hey, we we got a short amount of time to pack all this in, which I think in what twenty five minutes, Ryan, we packed in. Yeah, <laughs> we you're, you're in, like Rain Man. <laughs> we packed in. A, that's because I just got through three yeah. days of counting cards in a, in, a, in a place that we should not name, right? So I'm still recovering here. But if you're talking to Sue, so and if if you have not listened to Wes's podcast, now it's geared for advisors. I yep. will say that. Yep. Right. So what's what's your podcast? From busy to rich. From busy to rich. Yeah. Now I think. Every single business owner can take away some of the core fundamentals of Wes's podcast and yeah. apply them to his business. And that, well, me and Wes talked about doing podcasts years ago, and where I was, he, I knew where he was going, yeah. right? And I knew I didn't want to go there. And this is what makes our practice different, right? And so, uh, pursuing Alpha is the the underlying thing of what Wes is trying to do for the advisory side. And so, uh, I think it's incredibly awesome. And and so, definitely check out his 
podcast yeah. if you ever have a chance. Even if you're a business owner and you're not a financial advisor or financial planner or in the industry, yeah. I, I think you will be able to take away from it. And you had a great CPA on a couple of weeks back. What, what was it a couple of weeks or a month ago? Oh, yeah. Well, we, we've, had, uh, we've had some real interesting guests on there. We actually have some business owners uh, that are uh, – they're just bringing their brand of how they do what they do, which is certainly applicable to the financial community. But that's why it's good for all – anybody that owns and is running a business to look at that. But we had uh, – we actually – the last one that aired last week or maybe a week before last, we had Tim Kennedy. And he's a uh, – he was a Special Forces Green Beret, also a uh, – fought and won multiple world titles in mixed martial arts. And fought for the uh, – was one step away from finding the title in the UFC. Oh. So he's got an interesting background and it was so a lot of fun. So you want to pick a fight with him. Yeah, you want to you... make him mad. That's a, <laughs> that's a great way to get beat up. With the, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, but he's, uh, he's got a fascinating story. But So we have, we have uh, quite the mix of people that are on it, which is why I bring that up because – People listen to us that are in, in no way, shape, and form in our business. We get a, most of our – because it is geared specifically towards people that are in the financial business. But we'd love to have you yeah. if you're not. Yeah. So. It's good. I love it. And I, I think this – just you know, being around you the, for almost a decade here, a little over a decade, has been a really cool thing. So what's a takeaway? So I, I try to add to yeah. somebody today. What's a takeaway? If you could uh, add value to people today – do you have a takeaway that you could really give them? Yeah, I, I, I want to tell a little story, if that's okay. all right. The, sure. the, so um, there is – most people, especially in, in where we're you know, filming this today, uh, have heard of this place. But maybe some of the other listeners may not have. There's a company out there called Chick-fil-A. Oh, really? Never yeah. heard of them. Yeah, never heard of them. Of course, <laughs> of course you, there are still people in the world that haven't. So that's, that's where we're crazy. spreading the Chick-fil-A gospel all yeah. over the world. But um, – but here's the funniest thing. So, so I got I got a, kind of an interesting. I heard the the marketing one of the early marketing directors for Chick Fil A do a talk at a meeting, and he had two really funny stories uh, that I was just like, man, that's a different way of thinking about it. One was like, here, here's just some stats for you on this. So, if you had to guess of all the the top 200 fast food like successful franchise uh, franchises out there. What would you guess the average revenue for one store is on the average across two hundred? I know, I know this. I, I'm pretty sure, so I'm not going to spoil the the wow factor for yeah, you. Yeah. But I, I, would, I would say it's like two hundred thousand. No, no, more than that. So, so the average top two hundred are seven hundred fifty thousand. Is, is what? Oh, I'm sorry, you're right. Actually, <laughs> the top, yeah. So, no, no, top two hundred is seven hundred fifty thousand of the two hundred. So, so explain yeah. what that that's net profit or that's gross that, revenue. That's that's gross revenue. Okay. For, okay. For that, yeah, and and then then you move on. You move up to like the top five uh, of those, and the average revenue jumps to like at McDonald's is is an example of that. So, average McDonald's franchise. Keep in mind, many of them stay open twenty four hours a day, three hundred sixty five days a year. Average revenue is two point six million dollars for a McDonald's, which is pretty impressive. Well above like the the, the those uh, top two hundred. And then you get to Chick-fil-A, and you got to remember, Chick-fil-A is closed every Sunday. So closed an extra 52 days a year. Also going to be closed on holidays and things like that that McDonald's is not going to close for. Average revenue in one of their stores is $7 million. Jeez. And if you think about it. That's 5X. It's amazing. It's amazing. And and if you think about this for for, the business owners that are listening and – they all would say they're in the fast food business. 
right? They they all would say that, yeah, we have a product, we have a drive-through, we have a dining room, we have a system that we move people through. All of them would say that we do the same thing. So why is one of them producing $7 million and the other is producing 2.6? And I would say because we oftentimes have ways of describing something that sounds the same, but the experience is very different. And And I think when we are in our businesses, there are there are games being played that people just aren't even aware of that, that are out there. And, and this is true across every single industry. Correct. Yeah. So, so I think backing into the, the other true Kathy story, he's the founder of Chick-fil-A that I love, um, was the, this marketing director goes on to tell this. And I think this is a, this is a big takeaway, this is like where I'll go with this, is he said, we're all at this meeting. This is back in the day when Boston Chicken what now later became Boston Market after they filed bankruptcy. The, uh, but but they, were, uh, they were the biggest competition Chick-fil-A had. And they were, they were grow, 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 grow. They were borrowing money. They are opening up stores all across the country. And he said, I remember all us young executives being in this room with Truett Cathy, the, the founder of Chick-fil-A. He said, very uncharacteristic for Truett, he just starts pounding on the table like this. Until everybody stopped talking, because we were all talking about Growth. How are we going to be Boston Market? How are we going to get bigger? How are we going to get bigger? How are we going to get bigger? Trip pounds on the table till everybody stops looking at him because I'm sick and tired of hearing about how we're going to get bigger. If we ask the question, how are we going to get better? Our clients will demand we become bigger. And interestingly, today, Chick-fil-A, you know, multi-billion dollar organization, mm. as you can see, um, Boston Market filed bankruptcy and became Boston Market out of that. But, but it is true. I mean, I, I think when we can focus first on on how do we get how do we get better people will demand we become bigger i think i think what we are in there's a there's a big hey how do we grow how do we grow how do we grow i think a better question is how do we want to grow like how it, do you want to that's grow. it how do you want to grow because i don't grow, growth you i mean everybody you we can follow stories of people that grew a lot like revenue wise maybe even profit wise you wouldn't want their life huh. And you wouldn't want the kind of negative impact in many cases they made. So backing into what what does it look like to win for us? I mean, being so clear on an exciting vision. Uh, to, to one of the one of the fundamentals in our organization is we always talk about you got to have an exciting vision and a grateful condition. Exciting vision, grateful condition, because when you're wired uh, the way you and I are wired, where is very much about what what cool things can we do next? Like what are we going to create and very creative about how, how we're going to – like here's a cool future we could move into and backing into how do we do that. But oftentimes and – and I believe that that is like fundamental from the hand of God in us. I think faith is the substance of things we hope for, ev- evidence of things not yet seen. So it's built in us to want to have a bigger version of a future that we're not yet living. And I think that's also fun and unique to people that we can do that. And then the tricky part, this is the hardest part because – Oh, Chuck Swindell used to say, you got to be careful not to, not to burn out, but you also don't want to rust out. Right. And, and so the, the burnout side is where I think we naturally go for our wiring, which is so focused on getting there. We aren't even enjoying where we are. Like, cause, cause it's like, I, once I hit that, once I get to that then, but you know, what's going to happen is when you get there, there's another there. Yeah. And, and it never st- – like you celebrate it, right? You have the milestone. That's why – like But a- the milestone it usually encompasses – or encompass- there's depression that comes with if you see the destination as the goal. Yeah. And yeah. it's not the path. For, for sure. Yeah, the journey, right? right? The, the journey, the- it's, it's the course. And, and with us, 
uh, one of the best things I've ever done personally, and 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 I know, I feel it when I you know we all drift right. So is also taking the time to have a grateful condition right where I am. I'm away to where I'm going. Meaning, like we could sit here today and make a list, and our every listener can make a list when you're driving down the road in your mind. In fact, just think about the one or two things here you have in your life want, right now. Once you want to pray, what you once prayed for. Like everybody's got that thing that, man, I worked so hard for it. God, if you would give it to me or whatever your faith system is, if you're not there, you had stuff in your life that you wanted and that came to pass. Okay, so all those things. And so take some time to like regularly renew your mind to the things that are great in your life, the people that you once prayed for, right? The, the relationships that you have, the things that have been accomplished. And it doesn't mean it's not an absence of ambition to do that. Because that's that you know it, it is it, but it is a requirement to travel the journey well, and so I would I would look at if I'm a you know one how are you focused on making it better what are we becoming in the process of what we're pursuing, and then remembering to keep that like you got big ideas that's awesome and you should have those most people that even would listen to a podcast like like this they. They're leaning in towards what the future is, right? Yeah, they're they're already yeah. there. They they want to yeah. grow in one way or yeah. another, internally or externally. Yeah. They want to get better. And so, being real clear on what beautiful growth is, like what, what what do you want to grow into, and then taking the time to enjoy this process of getting from where you are right now to 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 where you're trying to go, because otherwise, you're going to spend your whole life on this journey, and you're not going to enjoy much of it. So, right. having some time, I mean, in Lubbock. Because I went to a funeral today, and of uh, a guy who lived an incredible life, he's 87 years old, and uh, and his his sons who are adults and have kids and grandkids of their own, um, you know they're they're all um, just it was a beautiful service, beautiful celebration of life to a guy who truly did this well. He he had a big future, accomplished a lot of stuff, but the stories that would come up weren't about all that. I mean, it's important, and and, we, and he he did them, but they were about man who he was while he was doing what he does, and and I think you know if I had to define like success for myself long term, it goes back to what 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 kind of man was he as as he lived life? What what kind of, of expression of love was he in the world while he was doing these things that were so helpful? And and continuing to ask that question makes me see the world very differently than when I get so focused on. And I'm a results guy, so I want anybody to listen. I want you thinking like I'm, I'm not because I am. But I really want to whatever we're doing. I want to do it well. So I think what are you becoming in the process of what you're pursuing is an incredibly important answer or very important question to get an answer to. I think you articulated that extremely well inside of there. The shotgun approach is probably the worst thing you can probably have. And I, I've looked at that back, and I looked at my, my dad, and, and I lost my dad this year. And so tough, tough year for me, my family, all the way even going back to last year. And so I look back at the legacy that he left, and and it, I'm going, wow, man, that, that man accomplished a whole lot. Yeah. But I also saw him in such a struggle throughout life. And so there – and I have to and, – and when you're – it's one of those things when you when you cultivate or you're around people that struggle at the time, what do you do? Yeah. You lean towards struggle, right? Because yeah. it becomes your normal. And so I have to always renew my mind to actually come back and say, hey, look, dad did, I mean, some incredible, incredible, incredible things. 
but he did those things because he he fought the right things that he needs to fight. Mm-hmm. He, he he was a police officer and, and died in arrest and won the largest lawsuit ever against a state agency in U.S. history. Found one of the biggest embezzling schemes ever in U.S. history. They they were trying to make movies about him. He just I wish they would make that movie about him. But the underlying things that I got to see when I was 12, 13, 14, 15 years old was the struggle that he had. And he, he went from that struggle to struggling in business to struggling mm-hmm. later on in life. And there was pockets of enjoy, but he never leaned into the enjoyment yeah. of life. And I think that's where you're getting to that. I always have to renew my mind. And I think people are – innately gravitate towards that and yeah. then there's people that like you know they they win a million bucks on a blackjack table i just came back from vegas so I have yeah. to <laughs> there you go right they're going to give it back to vegas just give them a matter of time yeah. right and then there's other people that hey i, I was fortunate to win this thing i'm going to go do other things with it yeah to make everybody else around me better and those are the ones that I see that are actually happier in life inside of there. So I'm not saying dad wasn't happy. That's not the takeaway here. I'm just saying that he cultivated towards struggle constantly. Yeah. And that made his life harder when I think you can actually look at the pursuit of happiness a lot different than you can actually yeah. look at the end goal. Cause he was always goal oriented. Like I want a goal, right. Yeah. And I want to achieve something, but it was always like, I got to struggle through this yeah. In order to achieve it. I don't think that's how life is made. Right. I think life is made to be like, hey, I can struggle through pockets at times because it's something hard. But just because it's hard doesn't mean you struggle. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Now, you know, one of the things we we do uh, try and do it once a quarter organizationally is is we have everybody go through an activity matrix where we walk through and say, OK, all the things that I do day in, day out of uh, two things. What kind of value is that adding to the organization? And we rank it one, five, ten. Ten being this is probably one of my highest and best uses based on how our organization is built. Five being this is important, but it's probably not necessary I do it if we had someone to take this over. And then one is we probably don't even need to do this anymore. Like mm-hmm. it, we just evolved out of it or it's just no, not relevant anymore or we inherited it and we decided, yeah, why are we doing that? The other is, is like enjoyment. Same, you know, five or ten, five, one. Hey, th- I wonderfully enjoy this. I, I, I'm fine. I can do it. I don't like you're it. competent. Yeah, in it, but one. you're just not yeah. yet right. Yeah. And so, what's that off of? I just did that a couple six months ago. Oh, did you do the working genius? Working genius. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So that's the fundamental working genius, right? Yeah. Yeah. Being in your your you know genius zone, and and that's and but it's interesting because here's where it always goes because I, I have conversations with our team after they do them. And and when I tell them to rank it, both you know confidence and then and then enjoy or effectiveness and enjoyment, I often have them say like, and if it's a if it's a not a five or if it's a five or a one, not a ten, why? Because here here's the thing, and I think this is where it is. Like you mentioned, we all go through hard times or compressed times, and sometimes something's a five or even a one because it's new. I just don't have enough reps to carry the weight that long, sure. you know, but, but I know eventually I'll be strong enough and I'll probably actually enjoy excel it, it. Yeah, and enjoy excel it, it. Yeah, right. as long the as I'm clear about learning. where I'm going. Yeah. And, and I think that's oftentimes we, we say it organizationally is the reason oftentimes we trade what we can have immediately for what we want ultimately 
is one, we forgot what we wanted ultimately or have never defined it in the first place. That's the biggest one. And Nobody ever defines it. We don't define it. it. Yeah, we yeah. just run and we do things. And that's why it's easy to do hard things when you understand the ultimate reason behind it. And there's yeah. a purpose. And there's a pur- Yeah. And, and listen, it's, it's like even with clients, we, we'll, we'll say, okay, uh, we, we, there's a kind of pocketed system we like to do where we say, all right, it's like a, a T and you put on there high profit, low profit, and then heavy work or light work, heavy work. So oftentimes – Do you think that's flawed though? I, I think you have to interpret it well because here's where I think it can go is – Enjoyment? No enjoyment. There, yeah. there, there's a couple other sure. metrics you've no, got to put gotta, in there. You've got to lay that over because you can, you can, it can be high profit, light work. And it just has no meaning for you. Correct. You know? That's the point I'm trying to yeah. make. There's a lot of things that, that yeah. people don't – you've got to have some type of enjoyment or you become complacent and you're like, oh, something like that. Right. And it's not, it's not exciting. It's, yeah. And it's a, yeah. So I think with that, though, the, the knowing where you're going like ultimately or where you want to go ultimately, it also helps put a perimeter around your behavior as to which of those are you doing. And it's okay for a time – like the thing people often – shy away from is like well i'm going to try to go to all light work high profit which is fine but you also there are things that you need to do sometimes to get where you want to go that will ultimately be light work high profit that to start because you just don't have the reps with it yet are heavy work and low profit because you're just having to put in more time you have to lift those weights to get to a place where you're in condition of making it that way so i think you you have to that's why it's so critical to be like regularly defining, okay, is this where I want to go? What do I need to do to get there? What kind of weights do I have to lift? What kind of diet do I have to go on? You know, whatever, whatever it might be. And then you can do it. And then, and then, it, and then ultimately either you flesh out that, Hey, no, this has now become something that's normal. Uh, yeah, normalize the, normalize new, the new. That's or right. Or you find somebody else that does it better than you. That's and right. You, and you sleeve them in there and oversee it. And right. that's where I think the huge value is. Hey, what are we doing at time? Wes, I can talk to you for the next three hours. I really want to, but I think you're fixing to be on a conference yes, call sir. in four minutes. Yes, sir. So I, I love the time that we spent together. Please tell me we get to do this again. Absolutely, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll have good. to have you on our, on our, our side of the mic yeah. as well. I it won't have as cool of equipment. Um, well, yours will because you'll be doing it from here. Mine will be on Zoom on the other side of a computer <laughs> It's pretty screen. cool though, man. But I get to see you on the big screen behind us, right? <laughs> That's right. So it'd be really engaging. And so I, I love it, man. But thank you so much for joining us today. And it's it's Wes Young. He's at Austin, Texas. Yeah. Uh, WesYoungLive.com. WesYoungLive.com. Yeah, man. He does do speaking engagements and it is really worth uh, listening to this guy speak live because definitely uh, check him out there. But Wes, thank you so much for taking the Thanks, time. Thanks, brother. Always good to be with you. Well, thank you again for listening to today's episode from the From Busy to Rich podcast. If you don't mind, can I ask a favor? On whatever app you're listening to this show right now, can you take this 30 seconds and find out inside that app where you can leave a review? And if you're on Spotify, give it a star rating. We really appreciate that because it shows us that, number one, we're providing quality content. And two, it helps other advisors find the show. Thanks for taking just a minute to do that. We truly appreciate it.